Uh, I find it often humbling how God will uh, occasionally awaken me to things that have been right in front of me for a long time. Uh, For instance, this week while I was studying this morning's scripture, I read this comment from uh, D. Moody Smith, who's a professor at Duke Divinity School. We too easily take the language of about murder in verses 12 through 15 to be symbolic or metaphorical when it is actually a quite accurate description of what we see going on around us. He points out the devastating reality of life in the U.S. In America, we live in a society plagued by murder one in which the leading cause of death among young men of certain ages and ethnic groups is murder. Thousands upon thousands of Americans are murdered each year, from children in cribs to the elderly in their homes. He wrote this a while back, um, but just even a couple of days ago, our own congressional representative, Pramila Jayapal, sent a tweet that read, Through September... Guns are the leading cause of death for U.S. children. There have been 515 mass shootings in our country just this year. Even with all of that, I had to admit, though, that I have been one of those ones who had too easily, uh, as Smith puts it, too easily taken the language about murder in this passage to be symbolic or metaphorical, in part because I'm not a murderer, and neither have we had anyone in the congregation, at least that we know of, uh, who has been a literal murderer. And yet, this brought home to me that we are part of a murderous culture. So I believe that our scripture for this morning challenges us to question. What is it about who we are as a people in this country, who we are as a people that causes us to be so violent in general? And what alternative way of living are we called to as followers of Christ to live in the face of such violence? As we'll see, John conveys to us the answer he observed and received from Jesus Christ himself. In a murderous and greedy society, Christ leads us to act in love. Further, John doesn't leave this guidance in the realm of the ethereal. His wisdom is very concrete. Initially, Uh, John relays to those who are reading the letter the command that Jesus had himself uh, given to John directly. John was there on the night in our gospel passage when we heard Jesus say to his followers, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so must you love one another. Jesus when he speaks this, he understands that 
the love that he shared is so foreign to our natural inclinations as human beings that if his way of loving others is followed by his disciples, it will stand out so starkly against our world that people will know we belong to Christ. By this, all men and women will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. So John makes it sound as if we essentially have an either-or decision to make. On the one hand, he discourages us to follow the way of the world. Verse 12, uh, don't be like Cain who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. We heard that story in our Hebrew First Testament passage. In that original telling, I think we need to be honest that there's a lot of ambiguity over the question of why Cain's offering was rejected. But whatever the reasoning behind it, Cain's response is to murder his brother, Abel. For John, then, Cain becomes, as one commentator put it, a prototype of the world. This is the world, the choice that the world makes frequently. On the other hand, we have the way of Christ. Verse 16. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ lay down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. For John, the outcomes of either choice are very clear. Verse 14, we know that we have passed from death to life because we love our brothers and sisters. Anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates their brother or sister is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life within them, the life of God. The English theologian John Stott sums it up this way. This is the ultimate contrast. Cain's hatred issued in murder, Christ's love in self-sacrifice. Indeed, true love, agape, is self-sacrifice. Love is the giving impulse. Now, <laughs> given the way that our letter, uh, writer, our letter writer John sets things up, you'd have to be a pretty callous human being to say, yeah, I think I'm going to go with Cain. Further, from just kind of the abstract perspective on all this, choosing to follow the way of Christ, the way of love, sounds beautiful and inspiring. Let us lay down our lives for one another. The complication comes when we try to understand what it really means to love. So John gives us two specific examples. That first one is from and of Jesus himself. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. 
Again, for John, this was no metaphor. Jesus was executed by crucifixion for loving people in ways that challenged the social hierarchy. And many of John's fellow apostles were similarly executed for teaching about the way of Christ's love. But these days in the United States, hardly any of us, if any of us, will ever be asked to sacrifice our actual life for one another, for someone else. Even in John's day, that was unusual. Therefore, it's the second example about which John writes that is most universal for our experience. And that's from verse 17. If anyone has material possessions and sees their brother or sister in need but has no pity for them, how can the love of God be in that person? This is where John confronts us with the way we live day by day, moment by moment. This is about stuff, food, water, clothing, medicine, housing, money, and what we do with it. And John isn't talking about the poor or the needy as a big general people group. John is talking about when I personally see a, another human being in need, what choice do I make? Someone who needs help. When I see them, what choice do I make? The way of Jesus Christ is to share, to give of what we have to help the one who doesn't have. John makes himself quite clear on this. Again, if anyone has material possessions, see their, sees their brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear, dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. For John, this is what it means to love, to follow the way of Christ. It's not just words, it's actions as well. And in these specific circumstances, are, that's a great example. And this is really hard to do especially in the face of so much need around us. This is really hard to do for a variety of reasons. One of the reasons is that it can be really difficult to give up material goods that we have. I like stuff. I like good food. I like junk food, for that matter. I like wine. I like clothes. I like cable TV, and I love my yellow Mini Cooper. And we live in a culture that glorifies possessions, not just a house, but multiple houses, yachts, new technology, designer clothes, stock portfolios. Getting more is celebrated 
in our culture. Giving away can bring questions of mental stability in our culture. So that's one reason it's hard to give up stuff. Another reason is that we often vilify and look down on those with needs. Or we have suspicions about their worthiness for help. But notice, just as Jesus never made people earn love or prove their worthiness, neither does John. If anyone has material possessions and sees their brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? John doesn't qualify the command. John doesn't say, if anyone has extra and they see someone in need. Neither does he say, if we see someone in need who can prove that their circumstances were beyond their control, then we can provide. John essentially says, if we are in this situation and we're not moved to do something, we need to examine our hearts. And this this leads us to the crucial act, I believe, in following the way of Christ. And that is that we have to open our hearts to others. The way John wrote verse 17 literally reads, Whosoever has the stuff of the cosmos and sees a brother having need and shuts off their guts from that person... How can God's love be in them? For the people to whom John was writing, the source of our deepest human emotions was in the guts. This is my favorite Greek word, splagna. Sounds like what it is. It's guts. If you aren't moved, if if your guts don't spill open when you encounter someone. So John is saying, that if we don't have compassion for others, especially for brother and sister human beings who are in need, we are not loving one another the way that Jesus Christ loves us. Because over and over again, that's how Christ's love for us is explained. His guts burst forth in emotion over those he saw. It's when we open our souls to have compassion for other human beings that we are moved to do something to help, which is the heart of God's love for us. And this is even more reason why love is so difficult and frankly, hate is easier. Love opens us up to even more pain and suffering than just our own. We enter into the pain and suffering of others. Hate shuts that out. And I think one of the reasons why there is so much uh, hate and anger is when we see others responding in love, it calls into question who we are and what we're doing. And again, often it's easier just to shut it off and say, that person is a loser. That person 
you know, doesn't deserve something, whatever. Just shut it off. Love opens us up. Love opens our hearts, our souls even, to the condition of others. And sadly, we see all around us the results of shutting off our hearts from others. The good news is that we can be a part of something better. And like I was saying with uh, the, the shorter reflection, things like the, the, the packing parties are ways that we can actually participate in. It's one of the, I, I truly believe it's one of the most important things we do as a congregation. We can be a part of something better. We are called to open our hearts to our sisters and brothers in need and to help them when we are able. In a hateful, greedy world, Christ leads us to act in love. Thanks be to God.